Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride. Scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode. Behind the Bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy, as well as booking shows and the comedy life. If you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic, already in the comic game, or a comedy nerd, Behind the Bits is the show for you. Now, let's get Behind the Bits. Hey, BTB buddies, we got a special episode today. This one is honoring Terry Taylor, who was the owner of Giggles Comedy Club in Seattle. I had James Inman contact me, telling me that we lost Terry earlier this month, and he wanted to get some of the regulars from Giggles together to talk about Terry, who turns out to be quite a character. We've got the regulars that have worked through Terry over the years, including Augie Smith, James Inman, Louis Fox, Dwayne Goad, Tana Manu, and Dave Dennison. Really just remembering Terry and telling some great stories. It was a real treat learning about Terry and some of the idiosyncrasies he had, as well as the folks that he gave a chance that are still performing today because there were so many people involved. The sound isn't great. A few people didn't have the best mics in the world. So I did everything I could be patient with it and just listen about Terry. It's a really good episode. I didn't talk much because I didn't have much to say, but I will tell you, I really enjoyed it. And listening back, it's really nice to hear about one of the good ones as far as club owners go. So here we are remembering Terry Taylor. It's a good one. Let's talk about what we're doing. So tonight I'm facilitating a conversation about Terry Taylor, former owner of Giggles Comedy Club in Seattle. We recently lost Terry in a car accident and uh, James approached me about getting some of the Giggles gang back together to uh, remember Terry. Um, I don't know Terry myself, but he sounds like uh, a real hoot and one of the good ones in the stand-up scene. So I'm going to bring everybody up. Got Dwayne, we got Lucas, and we got Dave and Angela. We got Augie, T Bone Jackson. Where's Tana? Tana and uh, <laughs> and James uh, James Inman, who is the uh, guy who uh, started this whole thing. I appreciate you guys showing up. I you know I did a little bit of uh, internet. Uh, stalking and looked at, at a few of the folks remembering Terry and he sounds like he was uh, a uh, funny dude an interesting dude and a good dude so um, you know I since I'm kind of on the outside of this James I'm going to let you kind of talk about who we have here and then uh, also just kind of go round robin and just start talking about Terry and uh, it's a it's a free for all, so you guys just talk and have fun. Uh, over there, that's Dwayne Goad, and uh, he would hang out at Giggles all the time. Augie Smith was always in Seattle. Now you lived in Portland, at that, didn't you, Augie? I did. I did, James. And uh, he's probably headlined 
more for for um well i think Dwayne probably headlined more there than, than any of us uh, dave dennison down below and his wife angela dave dennison used to be a comedian and then he he met terry and started hanging out giggles and then dave eventually created his own comedy club up there, okay. and it's a really nice club and they have great taste in comedians um, this guy, I don't even know. I don't know the guy down in the corner. What? Lucas? I've never met you. Have I met you? Uh, yeah, we met a couple times. Uh, I met you down at uh, the Comedy Underground. So, oh, yeah. Best of Giggles comics, like right before it closed, it became Giggles. Oh, uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. And we just had, we had Tana show up and disappear. So um, he's, you know, doing it on his phone or something. But Tina um, is one of the funny uh, guys, funniest guy. No, I, everybody, who's going who's gonna to disagree with that? I mean, him, him and uh, Brody Stevens together were just uh, phenomenal. I think Brody, now did Brody work giggles very often or he moved down? I think he did because when I first started going to giggles, Tana and Brody were already there. And so that's how I met the well, I met I think I met them in the underground, but they were there a lot too. So uh-huh. that's kind of how I I mean that's how I got to really know them, I think, was down at the at Giggles. And mm-hmm. Augie, I think, met at the underground and maybe the contest, and I would see Augie at Giggles all the time. And then Lucas, I remember Lucas coming in, and there was a whole new crew, Jeff Dye and Lucas Healy, Andrew Slater, uh, Brian Moot. That was a whole that was kind of the last group of guys, I think, before uh, Terry moved to Utah and it became a strip club. So, oh, Luke, really, I, I just want to jump in. Lucas looks like he's 13 years old. Is he old enough to be in a comedy club? <laughs> he adopted him when he was like, sick. Okay. You think? Tell him how to write jokes. Yeah, he's a young one. So I understand, you know, some of the reading I did, I found, I found some articles and stuff and I understand that there was a, um, a comedy underground crew and there was a giggles crew and you guys used to like meet on the bridge and fight each other. Is that right? No, it was a little bit like that, but I mean, Terry, uh, my experience with Terry, uh, was we used to argue all the time. And when I first met the guy, um, I, I, you know, was a complete jerk, asshole. Either I was either drunk at the time or yelling at him. But it didn't, I, after a while, I found out it didn't matter what you did. That guy had the most forgiving heart I've ever met anybody. Like, you could, you could punch a baby in the face and, and Terry would forgive you for it. I don't know why, it just maybe... Then he was, was, that's how he was raised. You know, that's how they are in Utah. But you could not, you could not offend this guy. You could, he did not hold a grudge at all. Well, I started doing a stand up in Portland in the early 90s. And uh, James, I'm going to tie this back to Terry, but it's important that you know this about James. (laughs) I had heard stories about James Inman. I didn't think he was a real person. I thought Inman was a story that was created by Seattle Comics. If they wanted to make up a weird story, I swear to God, James, for two years, I 
you were just a story. I didn't know <laughs> you were an actual breathing human being. And the first time I worked with you, well, the second time I worked with you was at Giggles. Yeah. And you were you were just doing the MC spot that week for whatever reason. And you were on stage singing uh, Terry Taylor sells monkeys door to door on your car. <laughs> and he was in the back just laughing his ass. Now, all of the stories I had heard about you was this madman, was this <laughs> absolute madman. And then what I heard about Terry, he's this straight-laced Mormon guy. And somehow you guys got along. It was like yeah. uh, it was like like uh, one of those uh, teamings of <laughs> on TV shows. Uh -huh. you know, one was too old for all this. You guys just made it work. It was just it was a beautiful relationship to watch you two. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he, he had a, a rule that you couldn't say the F word. And I was thinking about telling everyone that we, we should probably not say the F word on this podcast out of respect for Terry. <laughs> but he would never let us say the F word. And so I kind of looked at it as a challenge. At the time, it was real, I was really in with the underground. And then I got a lot of success with uh, winning the San Francisco comedy competition and, just for last, and somebody mentioned uh, uh, they were talking about all oh, those those uh, club owners can't tell you you can't work that other club. And I was like, why is that? And he's like, oh, because there's a law. It's called antitrust. And so I'm stuck in my head. And uh, so I started going to both clubs, and and uh, and nobody said anything. And Terry liked the fact that I would play his club because he felt like he was like sticking it to it. To the underground. <laughs> I got James in my club, you know, because I, I just wanted to do as much comedy as possible. And Terry had always played up, you know. Well, when I started working for Terry, he told me, uh, he said, don't say the F word. He said this, he said, and don't say GD. And I didn't know what that meant. I, I had never heard before. This may, I don't, what does that mean? What does GD mean? <laughs> and he thought I was just trying to go him into saying, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know what it means. You know what it means. Having absolutely no damn idea. <laughs> uh, he was, so I don't am thinking, am I saying it now? <laughs> Yeah. So, so how does a guy, how does a guy, so I understand he was a Mormon and was very super clean cut. How does a guy like that get into the comedy business? <laughs> Dave probably knows more than we do about that. Cause yeah, he, Dave, he knew, didn't tell you. Dave, Dave, you didn't know him in Terry, you knew Terry in Utah, right? Yeah. At Johnny B's, and I didn't guess that. And he said, "Yeah, next time I tell him, he's going to give me more time." I go, "Are you fucking crazy?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> we didn't hear that. Oh, I have a hard time hearing. No, we didn't hear it. Uh, we can't hear you very well. I, I heard I heard Dave pretty good. He owned a club in uh, Provo, oh. Utah, uh, Johnny B's, and then he oh. bought, he bought the club from 
Bob Davis giggles, but he was originally a shoe salesman in Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. And I don't know what attracted him to comedy, but he ended up at Johnny B's and then bought this club from Bob and uh-huh. started running it. But that's how he got the business up here is he, he bought it. Yeah, he booked me for that Johnny B's Utah club when I kind of started working for him. He said, we well, got to be clean there. And I said, oh, that's fine. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I was so, uh, did you ever do it, Augie? Did you ever do that club? That Johnny no. B's? It was though I've never seen anything like it in my life. Basically, all the wait staff, they didn't sell booze. So they sold like Snapple and like Bob decaffeinated Ford. drinks Ooh. and and, and candy. And so you'd see wait staff that are trying to make their money for the weekend, but they're coming over to the tables delivering Kit Kats and Snickers bars and Snapples. <laughs> you know, what the fuck? And yeah. part of me is going like, and you see somebody like flip out, like, I didn't have the Snickers. I asked for the O. Henry bar. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Let's go get it. You know, like it was nuts. It was insane. So I did my show and it was going okay. And then I lost them somehow. And then Terry would call me, like, how'd it go? I go, things were okay. But then I somehow they all turned on me. I don't know what I, I didn't swear and I didn't do anything, you know, too risque. He's like, what exactly did you say? I said, well, it was this joke about my girlfriend and, how we went to buy something for our apartment. He goes, that's what it was. You, you can't say you live with your girlfriend. That's how religious he was. And he I talked to him. He did the heart of Provo. So this is what it was like. And I was like, wow, I had no idea. And then I heard a story. Tracy Cubs told me he was doing a show there and he was headlining. And it was him and Rick Kunker. I think Rick Kunker was the middle act. And Every time he would do a joke, some guy in the back of the crowd would go like that. <laughs> and so Tracy's kind of like, okay, I'll just try to be cool, you know, and keep going and keeps going some more. And every time a joke would happen. <laughs> so Tracy, after I goes, all right. So he does a joke and he's pissed off at this point. The guy does it. And so Tracy immediately goes, <laughs> is that all you got? Turns out this guy was like in a wheelchair, like Stephen Hawking. Like, oh. <laughs> Oh, him laughing. The whole crowd turned on him, and oh, he was opening for Rick Kunkler. Oh no! Demoted. Oh man! But he didn't know. He couldn't see back there. But yeah. this club was—it was a completely different animal. Then Giggles was like—I uh, tell the story about when I was on stage, and I—and of course you can't swear, which is fine. But I—I I said fuck by accident, slipped out. He said fuck, and Terry was delivering drinks that night because. He was the whole staff at one point. Yeah. <laughs> so I do I do the joke and I say, somehow fuck comes out and he's like, Dwayne. I go, Oh, I'm sorry, Terry. I go, hey folks, this is Terry. He's the owner. And he's like us to say fuck. He's like, Dwayne. I go, what? I ain't doing a joke. <laughs> and he didn't like to say the word fuck. I don't write jokes with fuck in it. So I didn't say it in a joke anyway. The crowd laughed. He's like, Dwayne, come on. I go, Oh, Terry, get on my fucking back. I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he laughed at it. And like that was his thing. Like, you know. Kind of almost enjoyed being kind of pushed a bit, like it was kind of the naughty side, you know, uh, kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, that yeah. was nothing like that. Provo, that Provo club was bananas. I'll tell yeah, you, but- the first time I met him, he was uh, he had taken over booking that room down Olympia Tai, the Tai mm. Hotel. And the first time I met him, we were in a screaming fight about money, like where I'm ready, I'm ready to fight this guy. Yeah, I, that was our first meeting. That was the first time I met him. Was I hated him? If I never see this guy, again, uh, and before and, I know it, I'm working for him. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like it's it's as though not because he yes. was he was a fan of my comedy, so he was he was happy to let everything go. And even though I was right in the argument, and uh-huh. still am to this day, and I'm yeah. thinking about suing his estate for the yeah. twenty five dollars. Yeah, really respected that he's able to he's able to get over stuff like that. He was. I mean, really. And it's like, because he was like, I know this sounds cliche when you're at a memorial, but he really was filled with love, you know, because when, um, you know, Dwayne got in contact with me, that's just the first thing I thought of. Oh, I'm not going to be able to make that funeral. Let's do some kind of podcast where we can talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. and Dwayne was like, yeah, let's do it. So. T-Bone Jackson. Oh, is he frozen? Yeah, his uh, his connection's not the best. So okay, so I got a story about Terry. I mean, I got a story about Terry. Um, so uh, kind of, uh, I kind of knew Terry lived upstairs. I think, and either one time I was on the road, or I was either drunk and I couldn't. I was too drunk to drive home. And Terry goes, "Oh, you can just go sleep up in my room." And uh, upstairs, so like, all right. So um, he gives me the key or something. And he tells me what door to go in, and I go into Terry Taylor's like bedroom, his his house, his apartment that was above the comedy club. Right? I go in, and I, the first thing I see are these like racks from a department store. There's like six of them in there. And they were all filled to the brim with Star Wars dolls. Oh. <laughs> so Star Wars doll, he had so many of them that inside this room, he he somehow he got some like some display uh, cases from from Target, and he had them all up on display. <laughs> Every single possible Star Wars doll. Well, for a while, and he was like. like I think he had the doubles of the toys that he already owned, you know, like, I guess if you had like baseball uh, stars with doubles, you know, but at yeah. one point in the, in the bar of the club, they were all like pinned to the wall. So they were like, you'd walk in this uh-huh. Star Wars action. Figure yeah. Yeah. The wall. And then if they weren't there, then it became like KTEL records. You had all these KTEL records. Uh, yeah. I remember that. The records. Like you need but a was- storage unit. This isn't decoration. This is like, this is stuff that you hide away in a trunk somewhere. <laughs> I, I know, but somehow he pulled it off. Like people would see those old album covers on the, and it was almost like people are like, is, "That's retro. It's cool because yeah. it's retro." But Terry's like, "No, this is good music." <laughs> like, Terry, what is wrong with you? Who collects Star Wars dolls? You no, know? it was just it opened up a whole new, you know, like, oh my god, this guy really is weird. You know, <laughs> he, it got to the point where he was. The doorman. He was the bartender. He was the waiter and the waitress, and mixed all the drinks and uh, and the manager. You know, it's like, how do you do that on a Friday and Saturday night when the place is full? And he's just like running around doing everything. It was crazy. Yeah, and everybody was waiting for their order. You do it poorly. It's a terrible business model. <laughs> a terrible oh. business model. Well, he was he was. He was a little cheap. I mean, uh, that's the same line. But he would walk around and he would come back, even though they go, oh, the service there is terrible. Well, we're going to come back next week to see Jim Gaffigan. 
<laughs> just so rude and so mean. But hey, right. Greg Giraldo's here in two weeks. Let's yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, full. You know? or uh, Mitch Hedberg. He yeah. he booked Mitch a bunch of times. I remember when I was headlining a weekend, and uh, Mitch was in town, but. Bob Davis had opened another club downtown and was doing something. So Mitch Hedberg was down there. And I guess what happened was Mitch didn't know this, but they were changing the ticket prices and they didn't tell Mitch this. So his fans were getting charged more money than they thought they would. So Mitch wouldn't go on. So he was upset. There was this big back and forth between Bob and Mitch. Oh man. He left his club to go smooth that over with Mitch and Bob. So I come out and I go, Where's Terry? He's like, oh, he went down to smooth things over at the other club for, for Bob. I go, you mean my competition for that week? People can see me. But, uh, uh, it was so funny. So he comes back. I go, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll cause some shit tomorrow. And I won't uh, go. Yeah. I, I don't like the fact you're charging my fans $4 to see me. Terry. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> $2.50, like the 60s. And but it was just like, that's the way he was. He went down and helped his friend out who was having a a rough time with Mitch. Mitch, Mitch seemed I get. I don't know if he loved him or I don't know much about him and Mitch, but they worked together a lot. So I guess there must uh-huh. be some kind of a decent relationship. But I just that was kind of the way he was. He would go down and smooth things over for this guy Bob, and it was bananas. It was nuts. Right. Yeah, when I went to Terry's uh, house uh, and they were Christmas, and we saw Terry's bedroom. It looked like. Of the old boys were baseball room and <laughs> room. Ha! Ah. Uh, uh, he, yeah, he'd always let us, uh, some of the comics let us like run open mic. He would just be like, oh, you guys read it tonight. We're going to go do something. And so we'd be sitting there and we're like, you know, he always charge us money for drinks. We're like, oh, Terry's not here. Let's just free drinks, you know? Like, we drink, but then he'd come back and he, he wouldn't know how much Grey Goose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was some shit that he pulled some vodka that he poured in Mono. the bag. Yeah, I knew. I, I caught him doing that once. And, you know, because I just saw him as like a, a, a businessman or whatever. He looked up to him because he was... He's really good. He was always making money. He knew how to make money. But I walked in there during the day because I had to talk to him about something. And he had a, um, a Stolitschnile, a Stoli bottle with a funnel in it. And he was oh, pouring yeah. cheap pop-on vodka. I'm like, oh, Jerry, what are you doing? He's like, everybody does this, James. And he's like, I'm like, so every time I order still eat stuff, hey, that's cheap vodka. Because they don't notice. <laughs> oh yeah, man, the green funnel that he had back there. Keep on Jackson. You finally got some internet connection there, buddy. Is it in my in my voice on? Can you guys? Yeah, yeah you're good. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Okay. I'm not joking. This is the first Zoom in my entire life. I've never done as an artist. I've never <laughs> been on Zoom. I've, 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 I've anyway. I didn't trust it completely. This isn't connected to child support, is it? No, and no. and not not having done Zoom, not having done Zoom, you you're not missing anything. I'll tell you that. 
<laughs> but it's totally cool how you can see everybody and stuff. Uh, yeah. And stuff. So, yeah, it's like the Brady Bunch. Um, uh, to James's point about how much love he had for comics in the end, uh, and how much yeah. he really did want to support us in a weird, sick way, you know. But what I'm saying is by the criticism, by the getting yelled at, by the like, you know, um, you, you paid for that, you know. And, uh, uh, I went to, uh, I got pulled over one time and I had missed a court date uh, a year before or something. It was like not showing up to court. So I had to go to court. And it was like fourteen hundred bucks or something, like twelve, fourteen hundred bucks in the nineties. Wow. Like, Whoa. And so uh -huh. the judge was like, How do you want to pay? I, like, I can't. And they had no program for like painting Hitler, you know, something like that. So he goes, If you want him, you can stay in jail for like sixty bucks a day with time served. And I'm like, how, how much is that? And he goes, It's like two weeks. I go, and then I come out and I have no fine. And he said, Yeah. And I go, Let's do it. I'll go I'll do it. <laughs> So I was in there for, I don't know how many days, maybe not quite a week. And it was just like three meals goofy at cable TV. Uh, you had a phone. You had a phone in the room. You just sit there and called your friends all day. Uh, uh, but I get a visitor. I go, a visitor? <laughs> like, Ring, Ring, Ring County Jail? What is this? Like, and uh, Harry, uh, Harry showed up and did And he paid for it. Yeah, he comes down and it was like, it was hundreds. I forget how much it was. And he goes, we'll just work it off at the club. You know, uh, huh. we'll have you do shows and stuff. Um, and he did. Wow. And, and, but he would always try, like he said, as a businessman, he always has to try. So he hired me to build the floor in there. And, uh, there used to be more of a pit in getting uh -huh. the look down farther before this go to the stage. So he wanted to lift that up one level. And so I agreed on building it for like 400 bucks. So we get all done. He counts out the money and he goes, here, get this back to me whenever. Oh, don't, don't worry. Take your time. Give me back. I go for what? He goes, this 400 bucks. I go, it's, it's, you're paying me. Cause I just built the floor and he goes, oh, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, has <to laughs> he has to try though. <laughs> Cause what if yeah. I was, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, um, but anyway, yeah, he got me out of jail once. Oh, wow. That's a yeah. crazy I, story. <laughs> I was, uh, I was supposed to do a gig for him in Olympia and I was middling. Like I wasn't even headlining back and I was a middle act. And, uh, I think I just moved with my wife. We just moved in together and, um, something happened. My wife left for work and then there was a buzz on our door. Somebody up. So I go, hello. And the guy was like, Hi, I'm from Key Bank. I'm here to repossess your car. I'm like, what? My car? I had like four payments left or something on my car, but you know, I'm a professional middle, so all my checks are staggered. I'm doing creative. <laughs> so I was late. And so uh so at the same point, I go, okay, I'll buzz you up. And so right then Terry calls me to go over the details of this club. And I go, Hey, I can't do it. Find someone else. I hang up. And then he calls me back. And I'm not letting it go. I'm going downstairs. I go, can I get my sweater out of the car before you take it away? You know, like it just was humiliating to get my car yanked, you know? Yeah. Uh -huh. And so uh, I just felt awful. And so the guy tows it, drives it away or whatever. So I go back up and phones him ringing. It's Terry. And he goes, what's going on? I go, Terry, I can't do the gig. Find someone else. He's like, what do you mean? What's going on? I go, they get repoed my car because nobody in Seattle knows how to do their bills and can't <laughs> send your checkout comics when they're supposed to. So I'm like, 
checks are coming late and everything else. And it's all pissed off. And he goes, how much do you owe? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think I had like four grand on my car at that point. Uh-huh. And so, uh, he goes, well, I'll come over and grab you. So he came over to my house. He went to the bank. He basically paid off my car. And what? Then, oh, and my God. Brought me back. Brought me to the tow yard to get my car. And then he said, just when you come to the club, just we'll do a weekend. You just take it. We'll just, just pay me each month what you're supposed to pay. And don't worry about being late. Just make sure you get it to me. And so I pay him wow. $305 a month for my car, whatever it was. And, oh, my God. Uh, and I got my car back. But because of him, like it was like, well, he did stuff like that for people all the time. But, you know, I don't think people normally probably. Yeah. But you know what? You know what, though? But you know what, Dwayne? Only if he thought you were funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, because it's an he's a businessman like James is an investment. I'll, I'll help out the people I think are funny that do well at my club. It benefits him. Yeah, keep us eating, keep us driving. Well, no. my, you know, people would ask me why I worked there for less because he would a he would pay less money. You would. You would sometimes headline two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, and I don't know, he'd give like two or three hundred dollars, you know? I'm like, Harry, this is junk, Jay. And you couldn't haggle with him at all. But then I realized that he kept calling me and I kept headlining one. I was like, well, I'm working for like six, seven weeks a month. I might as well just keep coming here because eventually I'm going to get the money from him, you know? Because, I, I mean, he gave me so much work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he always he's always good to the people that were around him. That's I mean the people that were, you know. I mean, for me, I just you know he was just always from the f- first one when I met him, he just offered me work and you know showcases and then different things. And I remember doing a gig. There was there was a headliner in Seattle who didn't like me at all, and I I had to work with him and another comic who I forget who it was, and the guy in the mid the middle act I was emceeing at the middle act, ping pong balls would be cut in half and dots on it. Put him in his eyes at Homer Simpson impression. <laughs> yeah, all right. Look at my eyeballs. It was like his big hook. And so I'm like, yikes, yeah, this guy's rough. <laughs> and so uh, we're in the bar and the headliner comes out and he goes, they were a good crowd. I'm thinking, oh, he's trying to be nice to me. I'm like, yeah, they were a good crowd. He goes, well, you had trouble with them. But hey, man, you were great. Ping pong ball guy. I'm like, right. So then uh, that weekend, he wrote a letter to Terry about how unprofessional I was and I wasn't funny and uh, he's wasting time. It just went off on, me, you know, and uh, he goes too long. And Terry goes, I timed you. You didn't go long. Go, yeah, I didn't have enough material to go long. At that point. <laughs> and uh, so cut to like two months later, we're doing this gig in Olympia for and, I, and Terry's with I went with Terry, he drove us down and uh, the headliners there. And he, I was supposed to like a half hour. He goes, hey, just go long. I go, oh, I don't know. This guy here, he wasn't. I was like, no, just keep going long. Keep going long. So what, what, what about Bing Bong? <laughs> so I was like, oh, I get to take his spot. So I go, hey, guys, uh, that's my time. But you guys are such a good crowd. I don't want to leave the crowd. I don't want to leave yet. I want to do more time. And the crowd's like, yeah, do more time. And the headliner's flipping out the back. Huh. Yelling at Terry. Like, what do I do? He's checking his watch. And I look at Terry, he's got the smirk on his face. He's like, yeah, keep going. He's cheap. So says, <laughs> just a pain in my ass. Just keep, just keep going. It was like, you know, he was kind of like a little kid like that. Like he liked to stir I know. up every once in a while, you know? I know. He did have a, like, he was always smiling. He always laughed. Like, even if you tried to insult him, he'd just laugh. 
you know, you it's couldn't like, insult yeah, back. Um, tried to, no, he got uh, he got mad at me one time. I was doing a, I was on stage and I stopped myself before like saying the F word or something. And I go, oh, no, never mind. And they're like, what? And I go, no, you guys, it's a clean show. There's a clean room. You know, it's a clean club. You know, um, that's not us here. I almost cussed. You know, I stopped myself. Uh, of course, immediately, especially a hot crowd, do you know, they have to go, you know, it's my money, you know. And so uh, I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, and then they start cussing. You know what I mean? They're, they're all. <laughs> and so afterwards, don't tell the crowd that you can't cuss. Don't I go, I know, but it's fine. I mean, as an artist, you want them to know. Uh, yeah. I'm shackled. Uh, I'm being restrained uh, up here, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Um, but it was funny. The whole crowd started cussing. It just, it, it was a nightmare for him hearing that language. <laughs> well, I mean, there was one time I was, I was doing a guest set or whatever, and you know, it was supposed to be like 10 minutes, and I went a little long, like three minutes, and Terry went on the bike and said, Get off. Get off. So embarrassing, man. Well, um, I, you know, I would always go back and forth with him, and I tried so hard not to say the upward. And there's a couple times I went on that stage and I killed for like 45 minutes. And there's never a place where you lose the audience. Right? Mm-hmm. And I probably said the F word one time and I get off stage, I come back, you know, just, just on, you know, when you have a show like that, it really makes you feel good. Right. And you're just thinking you're king of everything. And you come back and Terry's like working and, um, and he doesn't say good show. Or he doesn't say you killed. He goes, I think he said the F word. Yeah. He said it once. I was like, Gary, I killed. I mean, oh my God. I can't, there are so many nights when uh, he'd come off stage and he'd say something. Like, and every, there's so many comments. Like, totally terrible up there. You're like, you just yell. like, but I guess if you can't be clean, God, you always had to. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fine with it. it was, I was thinking about it all week about what you were doing. Oh, like, you excited or upset, but like stunned by something. It's just they had this, this sound like a bird. That's how you yeah. got like. You know, I remember Dave going up. Uh, God, Dave would go on stage and just destroy. He would just kill us all in the back, and Terry would be like. Like they just had that way of saying it. Uh, Somebody been thinking about it. That's the way he would do it, you know. <laughs> there were Remember no the nights where he would. Bobby Slayton. The what's that? <laughs> oh wow! I brought in Bobby Slayton to work mm. in the club, and uh, some, you know, it doesn't matter how many warnings you get, some woman ended up suing the club. So Terry <laughs> Taylor, of all people, had to go to court and defend the. Oh my God! Oh, you made about. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I remember God. doing a weekend with uh, Greg Giraldo, and wow. I, I come into the room, and I'd work with Greg, and so I kind of knew pretty well. And so I walked by. He was Greg was talking to a bunch of people, so I kind of walked by. I use the restroom, and so I walked by Greg. And what you can't say hi? I go. Eh, I'm not a fan. And I walked into the restroom. And there's a guy that's in the toilet, he's in the urinal next to me. He's like looking at me. I'm like, this guy's kind of weird. 
And he was like, he, he saw my show in Olympia the week before, and it was terrible, terrible show. And I was hammered because they were setting up real drinks we weren't supposed to. I was, I was just a mess, you know. And uh, he goes, you suck. And I go, yeah, well, I didn't go on stage. And he's like, no, I saw you last week. You suck or whatever. And so I leave. And then I kind of talk to some guy. And I look over and I see Geraldo talking to this guy. And now they're having a back and forth. And I'm like, oh, something's going on here. And so the guy I'm with goes, uh-oh, there's going to be a fight. And so this guy takes his drink and he's going to throw it in Geraldo's face. The guy I'm with somehow jumps over the bar and takes it in the chest like he's the James Brady of comedians. Just goes. <laughs> and so I remember right before that, Geraldo took a sip of Corona and spit in the guy's face. Oh, man. Oh. And then after that, uh, Terry was like, oh, this is his thing. Oh, and, uh, I remember uh, Tracy Tufts was there. He goes, I should have done something. I should have done something. <laughs> and, uh, Geraldo goes, Hey, what the fuck, Terry? You don't have openers that can spit beer in people's get the headliners do it. There's always one of these mics like this. There's always something the crazy Nick DiPaolo throwing incident, and the guy was gonna sue Harry because two guys from the show ran out and beat the shit out of this guy, I guess. Oh, and, um, really? I didn't know that. that. Terry taped all the shows, so this guy's like in clear shot of the camera, grabbing a drink, a drink and throwing it at uh Nick DiPaolo. Like, oh, it was really? Crazy. Yeah, I remember coming out of the showroom one night and there's two guys with their bicycles because Terry wasn't watching the front because he was cleaning the kitchen, making tacos, delivering <laughs> drinks, uh, <laughs> and everything. So these two guys with their bicycles came in, they're right in the doorway and they're both watching the show and I'm trying to get through. Can I get through, guys? And uh, they're looking at me. I'm like, I'm sorry, can I get, can I pass through, please? And they're looking at me I the fuck out of there. I kind of pushed them and move the fuck out of the way. The guy goes, Hey, you got a problem? I go, Yeah, move your bikes. And just as I say it, Terry comes around the corner and he's, you know, what, five nothing. He comes around the corner, barrel chest, you know. He goes, All right, guys, fuck out. I never. Uh, oh, wow. And the guy goes, You want to go or something like that? And Terry grabbed this guy by the nuts, hey. him, drug him by his balls outside of the door. And his friend, collecting both bikes like oh i'll go i'll go up this way <laughs> and oh my god it was like there were things like that you see like oh my god this guy is like no wonder he nothing gets him he can like do something <laughs> grab and do down the bicycle <laughs> uh, we well um, maybe the longest time when i first started going there like i just knew him as the owner of giggles and he was cheap and he was running around doing everything, right? But I mean, I liked him because I could get away with anything. Mm -hmm. But I was always kind of wondering, like, if he had a girlfriend or something. And then all of a sudden, that girl started showing up. Remember that one girl, Whitney? What was her name? Whitney? Well, well Hillary. Hillary. That was it. Right. So yeah. she started hanging out because she was his girlfriend. And they they kind of had a weird relationship. You know, like, everyone was like, wow, how can he carry? And, uh. He'd occasionally get her to waitress, you know, and I was, yeah. I always wondered if he paid her because he was it was his girlfriend. So my <laughs> wife, my wife was a waitress. That's why I met her. She was a waitress there. She was a terrible waitress, and uh, <laughs> but she was going to UW, and so uh -huh. she got this job, and then she quit, and then we started dating. And I said, uh, "Did you like that job?" She goes, "No, I was terrible at it." And then people uh -huh. would skip out on their bill, and she would have to pay it. 
I go, oh, oh, I go, they just don't take that as a loss. Just no, Terry makes us pay. I go, what do you like? Top at the door, and you're like, you mm-hmm. know, way like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know if it was uh, she, she did, I mean, she liked Terry, but she's like, yeah, it was a fun place to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, obviously, not nobody worked. Yeah. But if you're a comic, I mean, go do dad stuff. I'm glad we did this. Peter, you see all, all the right, guys. Like, we already did it for. Thanks, Augie. Four years. Yeah, thanks, Augie. See you, Dave. Bye, Angela. Yeah. Um. So uh, Terry had me. Now, 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 the boys. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk here. Here we go. Um, so, uh, uh, first of all, I was raised Mormon. So Terry and I had a already, as soon as I found out I was Mormon, it was like, okay, we had, we had the like inside jokes. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. We, we I could bust out the, the Joseph Smith isms. Uh, and, um, uh, what he had me build upstairs, which was the old like liquor room where, where the bottles of the booze were, they were all on the second floor. Then they have these hoses coming down that would go to the bar. Oh, so that uh, got all taken out and that got moved somewhere else. So he wanted to convert that room up there into like a little studio apartment. Like, do you, Dwayne, do you remember that room up there? Yeah. Oh, because they go, yep. And so I put in a, put in a, a, a whole deal toilet, um, shower. So I had a bathroom up there and then it was like a studio bedroom, you know, with shower. And it ended up becoming kind of the green room for the comics. Mm. They, could get ready. I remember opening for the Wayans brothers and they were all up there in the mirror getting ready and stuff. So it was weird. It, it turned out. Um, but then on the other end of the building, there was an empty office that he said I could live in. Mm-hmm. And so it was, so I built a hanging bed. These are small, like little office rooms. Mm-hmm. So I had a bed that hung from the ceiling from a chain and went <laughs> on the ladder. So underneath I could still have a couch and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, one of those kinds of setups. And oh, so, um, he had the apartment on that side. I had it, but there was no bathroom on my side. So oh. I'd have to run across this hallway to use the bathroom or take a shower. So I could never do it in the daytime because the place is open and there's other businesses in there. Oh. And I don't oh. think they ever knew that there's like yeah. a couple of comics sleeping yeah. in the offices that are closed. You know? Yeah. It was probably against the law. Like, oh, so, you know, you can't have an apartment. You can't live in the place that you have a no, business. No. And and the way the plumbing and drainage, you know, you got a toilet, you got a shower. That all has to drain, you see? Uh, and yeah, so I told them, like, the closest place is the stack, uh, the vent. It's a vent stack that goes up out of the roof. And it pulls in air behind the any water. So the water doesn't get stuck. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh-huh. and so if it, can't, if it can't pull air in behind itself, everything clogs. So I go, I can hook to that vent stack that, that kitchen's using. I go, but there's no way they would, you know what I mean? They would allow it to code. Yeah. Because uh-huh. now you've got a restaurant drain. And now it's like human poop going through it. And <laughs> now they would eat that word. Although it's, it's sanitary. There's, it's not like, uh-huh. yeah, but they just wouldn't allow it. You can't. Right. So, you, anyway. so you, you did it anyway, but you yeah, he said do it. And he goes, okay. I go, all right. <laughs> if somebody, see, if somebody sees this they'll make you like take it off you yeah, yeah you're fine. supposed to have a license like yeah, yeah. Um, 
like have the guys that do the code come over and check in or yep, something. Yep. Yeah. So we had a full working apartment up there uh, for for a while, and that was like those those were good times. Uh-huh. Anything that happened in the club, anything that was jumping off in the club, people are hanging out, having drinks afterwards. You know, it's down to like the headliner, a couple of comics, some chicks are hanging around. We uh-huh. can go upstairs now. There's a big oh. screen TV up there, a couch. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, so this um, was been after I left. Like I, I moved back to Kansas City because um, I don't remember all that stuff. What year was that? When I lived up late nineties. Yeah, late nineties. Late nineties. Okay. Well, some, yeah, I was still um, maybe working 98. at Because you and Brody. Yeah, I was. Well, I think Brody was still. Yeah, Brody's still there. No, I thought Brody moved to so it was 96 then. Maybe it was like 96, 95, 96. Because, yeah, um, Brody went to, well, he went to New York first right. in like 97. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it had to be, it was like 95, 96, I guess, had that room up there. Wow. Yeah, yeah there so was doing, and, uh, they were always playing. Him. Remember, you had to do radio in the morning. That was his thing. He was so big on you making sure you got the radio show. Yeah, Bob River show, and he thought this was going to pull in tons of people from you being on morning radio, which rarely did. But he was like, "Yeah, oh, come on, this is going to be big." So I remember being at the club, hanging out there on a Thursday night, and I actually fell asleep. Like, I actually fell asleep in the bar, and <laughs> uh, I woke up around five thirty in the morning because he had set up an alarm. On a stack of cups in the bar, like he already left. I was just, I just woke up and giggles one morning. Oh my god! Episode. Oh, uh, <laughs> he didn't give me a blanket, a pillow, but he made sure up for radio. So uh, my wife has no idea where I'm at, but here I am on the radio talking. They go, "Hey, Dwayne, look a little different this morning." Yeah, I slept at giggles last night, <laughs> and uh, they go, "Oh, yeah." And so her friends from work, are like, hey, I think I heard your husband on the radio this morning. Did he really sleep? <laughs> no, it's all part of his act. Meanwhile, she's like, <laughs> 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 that's our life. Um, but that's how that's all important it was. It was like, hey, your comfort's not important to me, but make sure you ask for that goddamn radio. But I made an extra $19. How long I don't know if you guys already mentioned this or not when I before I got on, came on, but um, he was responsible in that time that we were doing comedy there in the, you know, early mid of uh, getting us on stage with huge names. And he didn't have to, but he almost on purpose for, like I said, if he liked you and you were funny and you were loyal to the club, just to, just to give it, just so you could have it on your resume. Yeah. He would come down and he was like, come down and host the Wayan Brothers. I'm like, eh, yeah. are you yeah. joking? And you know, and then doing it for three years or something. I'm like, well, whoa. And uh Tommy Chong. Oh you know, yeah. all, the names. all the people that came through the uh Carlos Mencia and stuff, just so you could say open for or worked with, um, you know, it's all before the internet. And yeah, so right. um yeah, and and so that he was responsible for meeting like way out of my league. Uh, I would never, you know, I'm still doing casinos. Yeah, and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, never would have met these like um, TV characters, and uh, you know, 
Hollywood guys. And so he was really responsible for that because it builds your confidence. Yeah. There's not like a, a known person saying, you know, when you first meet like a Bill Maher and they say, man, you're really funny. I like the bit about this. And you're like, sure. what? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, oh, yeah. I used like, to uh, work with Patrice because of that. And I was like, such a huge Patrice O'Neill fan. Wow. And then Jay goes, yeah, I want you to do the weekend with Patrice. Like, oh. Yeah. Like, I just sat and watched Patrice. You know, it wasn't too long before he passed away, too. And so I had to sit and watch, you know, like one of the greats to me. I was just like, you know, awe. Like, and then just hanging out like you would with like, you know, it was me and Lucas or you and uh, Inman or just uh, like the rest of us. And we're just, we're just comics, you know. But uh-huh. at that moment, you're thinking, oh, this guy's been on this show, you know. Even if uh-huh. you've done TV, you're like, but they're on this channel, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, even with you, Lucas, right? Like, because you're kind of the later group right before Terry went. So I wasn't hanging around when you guys were there towards the end. Yeah, we got a thing to wasn't it? Yeah, we, you know, pick the comic. Um, You know, you take them to radio, so you get to spend time with the comic, you know, outside. Yeah. Them. And then, like, I had the opportunity to open for Bill Burr. So, you know, I pick them up, take them to the radio. And then, you know, spend the weekend with him because he wanted to do shit. I mean, it's just, it's nothing like it for a young com. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like five years later, Bill took me on tour with him. And that was because of. There you go. Not oh, him. wow. That's the same with me and Gaffigan, too. Like, That's awesome. Oh, wow. to dates to do with, with him because, because I got to work with him with Terry. Like it was, it was just those breaks that you, I don't know if you're able to get them now. I hope they're still getting them. I picked up, uh, I picked up uh, Laura Keitlinger. I picked up, uh, oh, I picked up Michael Winslow once. Uh, yeah, took him, took him to his hotel room for a second and then brought him to the club in Terry's yeah. Jeep. Remember his Jeep? Uh, uh, and and yeah. uh, so he was doing, he was kind of joking around making some sound effects, you know, with his friend in the room. And then uh, we're on our I way know, to the he club. He was just on the phone. He's just on the phone. He's just on the phone. He's just on it's my phone. I've got it on. Um, and so uh, he sneezed. It was a real sneeze. You know, he's just like, ah, chew, you know. And I turned to him, I go, that was incredible. You are the. Yeah, it was funny. He got it. Oh my God. That, you know what I mean? Like, you know, even the, the, that was the best thing I've ever. But no, you got to meet these people, drive them around, hang out. Um, if you are in his like circle, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, because he he was easy. I mean, quick to rip. Yeah. You know, he'd be at the bar and somebody would walk in and he's and uh, you know looking to get on the list, wanting to go up. You know, a newer guy. And he's like going, um, "Did you write anything? Are you going to be as bad as last week?" Just it. Oh. I know. <laughs> you know, like, are you serious? Yeah, but now already are you funny? Because you're coming back here. Uh, uh, he would, he he wasn't shy to talk like that. They're like in, right in front of all the other comics. Right, I'm out of the showrooms. Like, oh my god, this guy's getting work. Yeah, it was um, it was weird because comics usually we compliment each other all the time, mm. and so when you get that kind of criticism from Terry, it's like. I seek, I seek that out because I when when uh, I just have people um, have my back all the time. I I don't feel comfortable, you know. I I really yeah. want somebody yeah. to watch me and see how many times I say the F word, you know. Yeah. But it would it wouldn't matter how hard you killed 
you could you could not impress yeah. him because he he literally saw the best in the business. You know, yeah. self love type of guy, but it he actually really made you work. You know, yeah. he wanted to be better, and he would say stuff like, "You could do some new stuff," you know, and it made you work. Like, okay. uh, well, there's yeah. no way. Uh, there's no way characters like. Uh, you know, there's another guy named Ken Koch in Tacoma at this place called Crossroads. Kind of this cantankerous owner of this place, and they, but he loved the funny people. Uh, um, he, had, he had a heart for those guys. Everyone else, he was so critical. And when Terry, like nowadays, I'd get off stage and he goes, that thing about uh, getting mud on your boots, he goes, don't do that again. And, he was like, <laughs> and imagine talking to these like uh, comedians under 30 like that nowadays. Everything, oh, yeah. They- everything, their journey. Everything's yeah. an experience, and it's like uh, Terry would go, "That sucks." Don't ever say that again. It's like, <laughs> it's like yeah. comedians. Comedians need to hear that. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, they cry about it all the time, man. Tell these young comics, like, fucking suck to it. What? <laughs> when I was in the contest, uh, I would come home at night, and he would call me. He goes, "How'd it go tonight? What'd you get?" And I go, "Oh, I got you know like six, or I got fourth, or whatever." He's like, "Okay." So your scores end this, uh, and I was doing the finals, and I did this music bit, and he's like, don't do that bit until you get to the final. Do it your first night of the finals. I said, oh, okay. And that was the year that Augie was in it, and Mitch, and Kostaki, and Hennigan. So, like, I'm thinking, I'll probably get this. Like, I'm not going to, you know, no one's getting, Mitch obviously is going to win this. One. And, uh, but how I talk to him every night, and he would just say, all right, here, like a coach, like he was coaching me back then, and, yeah, like, yeah. Um, here's what you need to do. And this, if you do this with the numbers, and you like had fucking Matt Damon on the chalkboard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, right, though. He was always pretty much right. I remember the first time I met Inman was the first year I did the contest, and and Inman just went bananas because he didn't make the top five in Gig Harbor. Just uh-huh. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, who's this guy? And then uh, I think Terry goes, Oh, that's James. I mean, that's his thing. He's a he's a sweetheart. Though. He's on a path. <laughs> you know, you you said something about um, Matt Damon and all the numbers. I was hanging out with Terry once, and he had to add something out, and it was like complicated math. And he he did it in his head, and it was like I was you know at the time was like looking for a calculator, and he goes, "No, it's three thousand four hundred seventeen." I go, Terry, how did you do that? Because oh, I I just I can do math in my head, and so that's really what he did. I mean, because oh, yeah. he was doing that um uh, as a waiter and as a bartender. I mean, he did all that math in his head with the with the change and the numbers and that. Yeah, you know. Hey, Louis Fox, Great. how are you, buddy? What's up? I just happened to make it home uh, a little bit ago from being on the road. So, good deal, buddy. Cool. Great. Yeah, so you mentioned Terry as a bartender. He's the only bartender I've ever that you could like deal with like i got five dollars can i have three beers for the <laughs> two and a half beer uh, and pour you half a beer yeah you would give us you would we'd have like a running tab i remember oh god yeah i get oh yeah Love my tab. yeah he made you pay for your drinks yeah and we do <laughs> me and tracy i go you know, he's never drank before, so he thinks that you have two beers and you forget what you've done for the night. I'm like, I don't uh, yeah, not that many beers here. He's like, oh, you had 19 beers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and then you end up doing a weekend, you know, my wife would go, oh, how much are you making this weekend? I go, it's for a tab. He's right. <laughs> Telling me. So it was like two weekends for your drinking tab. It was. Yeah. Well, that, that, wow. The, uh, the beer, um, the kegs that he had hooked up were right there at the bar. So when he'd walk out and wait tables, I would just like pour another drink. I think that's how I got most of my free drinks. I was just like, Derek Taylor. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd go back to the little green room in the back where the funnels were. That's where he kept all the alcohol. <laughs> uh, all the top shelf alcohol. Yeah, yeah all the top stuff. <laughs> the I room. It, it sounds, sounds like it's something. He used to book these shows, these frat shows for the UW kids, right? Yeah. I don't know if he yeah, actually you know. checked IDs on any of these kids, but they're all drinking. And, <laughs> um, and I remember uh, he was gone. He was, I think he was in Utah for a week or whatever. So he had uh, Tracy look after the bar. <laughs> so we're doing the show and I, I'm going on stage and all these frat kids are there and I have a beer and I take a sip and these kids are like, chuck it. And I go, yeah, I'm not going to chuck it. I'm a little too old to be tucking beers, guy. <laughs> so I use some jokes and whatever, and I take another sip because and I go, okay, clearly this beer is a distraction. So I just dump the whole beer out on the stage. <laughs> and then within like a minute, this guy, Chad Roberts, who's to hang out with us, he's the greatest. He ran up with another beer because Tracy's like, I'll bring him another one. So I bring him another beer. Like within a minute, you know, and they're like, and I take a sip, like, chug it. I go, again, this is a distraction. And I dump that whole fresh beer on the like, Oh no! And so uh, I go, guys. Uh, I think these girls are that impressed that we're all drinking beers. I think, wow, look at the way that guy chugs that beer. Someday he'll be a raging alky and I should this on him. You know? I go, uh, I go. They're not impressed. And so uh, all these guys, like they're all like leaving, and then well, oh. like me and like maybe twelve of the guys are still there, but it's mostly all the gals from the sorority. And then again, Chad comes up with a fresh beer. I do my little joke and I take a sip. I go, hey, you guys want to see me check the beer? And I just totally found <laughs> this thing for all these girls. <laughs> so we thought it was like the funniest thing ever. And then it the next morning, Terry calls me like, okay, so you owe me, I'm guessing five beers, the ones you dumped out. And I'm like, how do you know this? You weren't even there. And I'm like, oh man, is that hammers in this place? Uh, <laughs> it's too expensive, I'm sure to get. That's uh, uh, <laughs> I did a couple of those. I always knew what was going down. I'm like, how the hell do you know that? Like, I see the guys the next thing. He's a rat me out to Jersey. I didn't rat him out. Somehow we knew. Oh, really? Oh, man. Well, I did a, I did a couple of those frat shows. Uh, they're weird. Like, one was on a, the porch outside the house. Like, they're standing in the doorways and through the windows. And one was, like, standing by a pool table. Because of that, there was this, these uh, college guys that start were starting this business to take seniors high school seniors who just graduated on their senior trip mm. you know to mexico and the whole package for a whole week they pay for and every night has a theme so the first night is like dance night second night is margarita night um like a booze cruise on thursday like that so one of the nights they wanted to be a stand-up a comedy night um you know every week so because of terry and it, these uw guys kids saw me and go, yeah, dude, you're the one. Come down to. So I was in Mazatlan for a month, all expensive oh, pain and my own hotel room. These kids are like, I'm sorry, these young adults. <laughs> but, uh, 
were crammed into like three, four, six per room, you know, to get their, you know, their own budget. Yeah. And I had my own room. I was there for a month and all I had to do was oh, comedy yeah. once a week. Like 20 oh. minutes. Oh, my so God. Drunk. They're so drunk and so crazy. They're all in Mazatlan. And they, I mean, there's like three, four hundred in these huge crowds. And they're all standing because they're going to they're going to dance right afterwards. Uh-huh. So they were just sort of trained every time I would pause. They would last. They need um. <laughs> just echoing through this thing. I don't know. Why? So it was great. That, and that's because of Terry. It's because of Giggle. Oh, he got you that gig? A whole month. Oh, Thanks wow. Um, one time? show a week. <clears throat> I don't get nothing from it. You would get really good gigs from them. Then you get some gigs that are just terrible. Just, he goes, just do it. It's money. That was <laughs> Just do <laughs> it. Yeah. So it was like, I don't, maybe you guys might have done this with me, but it was like, get it be down in Bellevue at like nine in the morning. And there were five buses and they were all going up to Snoqualmie Falls. And it was your job to do comedy on the bus for this 25 minute bus. Oh, trip. man. Oh, my God. Really? And it was like me and Tracy and Al Fox was on it. Oh, man. And, uh, a couple other guys. And I remember, I think I got on the bus. I started and it was just people, they just woke up, they're exhausted. They don't want to hear stupid. Uh, uh, they just sat down. Oh, my God. The bus driver, even the bus driver was like, like there he is. Uh, is that, that looks like Tracy Chops. Yeah, that's Tracy. He was on one of the buses. Yeah, I snuck on my Yes. And that worked. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be a lot of stuff about how Tracy, yeah, this is going to be a lot of Got on to work. career. <laughs> Matt Verizon Cellular Plus, come down and see me. <laughs> yeah. $150 off the Samsung. All right. That's all I've got. <laughs> see, that's what he learned that from Terry. Lynn there. I He's a businessman. I try. I tried to not used, and I never bothered checking the camera. I guess my camera's broken. Uh, yeah, Here, yeah. I saw you on the phone, Tracy. Before you, before yep. you, uh, before you're done with your break, um, seeing it, tell that story about uh, who got held up. You looked at something about the hold up and Terry. Oh, Chris, the cook. You guys. Ever heard? Remember Chris, uh, Chris the cook, and Terry yeah. were were uh, in the, the club, and I came in, held them up, and one, and while the guy was pointing the gun, Terry walked out and. and he took the moment. Yeah, I so the guy's like, but Chris is like. You just let guys come. I've forgotten about the safe. I'm sure there's nothing in it, but everybody, it, it's like no. you, you look at it and you think it's like Al Capone's. Uh, you know. <laughs> the most he Remember, he was he was selling smokes for a while, which is the best. Yeah. That's right. Top of the yeah. safe. All in the safe. Yes. yes. Well, the most cash yeah. I've ever seen in my life was um, out of the sea or out of somewhere. 
but Terry had me count the cash to pay out Richard Jenny. And it was oh, like uh, 60 grand in $20 bills. I'm in the back bar counting out because I think he did four, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three shows a night. And oh, just, wow. Do one for you. <laughs> wow. For you. I mean, <laughs> Terry, Terry used to walk around with a wad of cash about this big in his pocket, in his front yeah. pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Burr, the I told Dwayne and, and Yoshi, Terry cared about he loved. Money. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's what you had to understand, I think, Terry. And once you kind of understood that, along with him, because then you could figure out, oh, this guy, it it was because I think it had something to do with his upbringing. Yeah. Because Mormon. I, was a, I don't think he was a rich they love money. boy. I think, oh, as a matter of fact, I think he's. Really poor. Too smart. He he, he, he like uh, really at least in a lot. Of- uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, though he liked those characters that we were. There was you know Yoshi, Al Fox. You know, there's uh-huh. still Brody, Dwayne, you. You know, Tracy, and, and, like Inman, and like mm-hmm. he he liked the circus well, Tana, of us. No, you, but Terry adored you to death. Uh, just uh, just a second. You, of course, you are. Uh-huh. Terry really loved listening to your stand-up, as everybody he does. Yeah. But oh, Terry would constantly drop the old T-bomb on us. Yeah. He, uh, you know, so, oh my God, that you're saying that, but somebody told me that that I never met, and they go, "You're saying I'm a new." I go, "Yeah." Terry, Terry, Terry Taylor tells us you're naturally funny. Nobody's as funny. Like, like yeah. it was like a standard yeah. that he would give to the open micers. <laughs> All the time, yeah, man. Uh, I remember uh, Terry always talking about you. Like, <laughs> there's like a thing I never knew about, dude. <laughs> he was like, you want to ask me as him, man. <laughs> oh, man. All you guys. Well, I'm getting my TikTok. Though. You guys are funny. You wouldn't, wouldn't let anybody up. They were not funny. Like, yeah, I remember people that just irritated him, and the only reason they irritated him was because. So you know, it's, yeah, he forgave he, me. He, he forgave a lot of that. You were funny. He went out of the club. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I kind of understood it, and at the other time, it's like, well, sometimes you want to, you, you want to see. People Girl, or but uh, he loved he loved comedy. Yeah, judge of comics. That's why all mm-hmm. you guys were on stage, and uh, to work. I got to pull through numbers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my clone ass. Why I'm talking so much? Otherwise, I would. I had to leave. <laughs> Love you all, and let's talk. I'll try to get in touch with all of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get over to Montana. I was in Montana this morning. 
We're all Santa Lucia's <laughs> place. I heard you're there. You're here in Billings. Yeah, I stayed in Billings last night. I am I'm good for like five hours. You can show us where they film Yellowstone. <laughs> we had like last night there were like Yellowstone. Really? They were getting in a yes, and then they had like one of their lawyers call manager. It was ridiculous. Oh. Well, you look like the starting the better call Terry's. Saul. Yeah. Now. Who said what? <laughs> no, I said you look like to this. You look like the starting of Better Call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> I got to roll too, guys. It was a great chat to follow you, man. All right, Lucas. Oh, thank okay. you, buddy. Back to you, Lucas. Hey, Trace. All right. Yeah. That was a, that was a Cinnabon. Was yeah. <laughs> I would be watching the game where he gets back. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. Man, I haven't seen Trey since, mm. since he was in California. But it's uh, true, though. You were just one of your side was. But everybody was, it's so funny because of all the guys that were kind of the regulars, there wasn't anybody that was the same as anybody else. That was one thing about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. The one thing about one thing, one. And then there, there wasn't another Trace. It was the me. It was, it was everybody yeah. has their own certain style, and uh, pretty rare for a stand up club. You don't see a couple of guys like, oh, they're very similar. You know, that was never, yeah. You know, the regulars were always very, they stood out. And the thing was, yeah, I yeah. doing a showcase because just for last would come to Seattle, and for a while it was really rough. They, I don't know, whatever reason, nobody from Seattle was getting anything. I said, well. I'm Canadian. I'll go to Calgary and I'll do my Just for Laughs audition there. So I remember going there and I was talking to one of the people from the festival and they said, uh, uh, oh, you're Canadian. And I said, yeah. And they go, oh, that's right. We always forget you're Canadian because we see you in Seattle. And so I said, they, they said, where do you work? And I said, well, Giggles. And oh, do you know this person, this person, this person? And I said, they go, do you know Tracy? And I go, oh, yeah, Tracy's a good buddy of mine. He's really funny. And uh, I go, he does these great characters. I mean, he character we we're just talking about last time i talked to him on the phone where he was doing like a, a ventriloquist act with this it was just and it was just a a, a rubber hand marathon <laughs> and a google guides and then named palmer and then there was, no, it was it was a it was another hand was a penis and <laughs> like, and it was named peter so it was peter and palmer with the two no, the palmola and he goes you know <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. And the hand is, and this thing starts to move up. And had a syringe inside this penis puppet. One word out aloe vera. Oh and my God. It was the most bizarre thing, but it was so goddamn funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anywhere else, the people would have flipped out, but for some reason, it giggles was kind of like, oh yeah. It's but you know, one time a guy got pissed at Tracy for doing that. And Trace is like, it's okay. It's just aloe vera. Just rub it with your toes. Oh, man. Sorry. And Terry would let him do these characters. And so then I was talking to the guy from just for last, this was a number of years ago. And he said, I said, yeah, a lot of clubs don't want him doing those characters, like a lot of bookers and stuff. 
He said, and the guy said, yeah, there's other reasons. That's another thing wrong with that fucking town. Like it was like getting the stigma. Like Seattle was like, yeah. Whoa. I mean, there were, there were people that really did not get Terry and they did not like him at all. Yeah. And you yeah. try to, you try yeah, to like, valid. there's a lot of valid reasons that I don't know, but I'm sure, you know, I know those people pretty well. I go, well, they're good comics and, and they're, you know, I, if they got a problem, that's something that's between them. But for me, in my relationship with them, it was always a good thing, but I could totally uh-huh. see why other people. Right. Oh, they would. They just when, I first, when I first went over to Hollywood, so 99, like 2000 or something, I lived with Brody in the Valley in his like uh-huh. family's condo there. And um, so you start meeting people and coming from all over the country because it's Hollywood. And um, and then you meet medium names, the Arge Barkers at the time, you know, uh-huh. uh, um, these guys that are like been doing a little Mark Marin, you know, and you're like, yeah, Seattle, oh, Seattle. And they, we talk mutual clubs we played and, and, you know, club owners. And then they go, yeah, you play giggles. I go, yeah, giggles. Uh, Terry Taylor. They go, is that asshole still alive? You know, they go, whoa. You know what I mean? So I, I he, had, he had a horrible reputation among certain comics. That was completely different. They go, oh, Terry's great. Love Terry. Say hi to Terry for him, you know? Yeah. It's just, and then uh, someone would go like, go on, God, that asshole did this or that. Go, oh, shit. yeah. It's like, uh, it was like, yeah, no, it was it, like, it was dead. You loved him or hated him. And that's the same thing with uh, Brody. Like, there were people that just did not get no, Brody. They're like, why, why do you think that's funny? I'm like, are you kidding me? This is yes. funny. This is the funniest guy I've ever met, you know? It's yeah. Like, they just did not get it. They're like, no. oh, he talks about himself. I'm like, he's joking. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, 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 the premise of the night's comedy. Those Thursday nights, uh, Tina, like, we would go, yeah. like, every Thursday was for a group of us. And so yeah. one of us would have the bomb. And the other ones would middle or MC. And, but we weren't ready to headline anything yet. It was yeah. a time to kind of flop around and see whatever we're trying to do. But it's kind of valuable because I think that's where... I mean, for me, it's kind of I, yep, comic I am now because of all that time. Uh-huh. That was Brody. When I started seeing Brody later, it's like, oh, he was doing all this stuff on the Thursdays. And it was the same way. Tracy was the same way. So that was kind of... So when I had those experiences with Terry, people would go, oh, that guy's this and that and the other. Go, well, yeah, I guess. But for me, yeah. yeah. You know, movies. the two He's clubs... And so I started in like summer of like 93... Carl told me yeah. that's the first open mic. So between the the original comedy underground under Swannings, yeah, and Giggles, those were the two clubs. Yeah, and so it was like the underground, gritty, urban, artsy, and John Fox was not generous with his stage time. You know, he, yeah. oh, go up, go up with Mitch. Is in uh-huh. you know, no, he was like. So that was kind of that that kind of. Then Giggles was much more Hollywood. It was more lit up. They had a big stage. It was like, had light. It was like, uh, that's where you'd meet all these touring celebrities. And so those, um, definitely giggles in addition to the underground was necessary. Cause I could say if you stayed at the underground only, yeah. uh, you'd become some sort of brooding, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say names, but there's a couple of comics that, yeah. that it's like, kind of like dark and, and, uh, you know, um, unfunny. Yeah, and um, so the so giggles was a chance to like really um, do fun oh, spots. Yeah, yeah, it was a show. Yeah. It was a big oh, yeah, audience, 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 audience tears. 
Didn't he um, have a Sunday night show? I thought he had he had Thursday, like best of Seattle, but Sunday was open mic or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then Thursday just became a regular open mic for those few years when I was going there at the beginning, 96, maybe like 99 or so. Those first three, I would always, those Thursdays were always kind of filled to to certain comics. I think he, so Lipkiss's gang was kind of the gang after. You know, it was like when I started, it was when I first time I was there was Brody and Tana. And then I met Tracy a little bit later. And then there's a bunch of us that kind of hung out there. And then the newer group was like Jeff Die and uh, Slater. And so I'm in between those. And you were right. Yeah, you were sandwiching them in both of those. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't know if those guys had the Thursdays. I'm thinking did some Sunday nights. But remember, we used to do a Think That Club too, where on Sunday nights, we'd go, go sit in after the show was done. We'd all go sit in there and Thomas would go on stage and work out new stuff. And we'd all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yell stuff. So, yeah, yeah, because you just stay out. open. Yeah. Well, see, and this, this is like the tragedy of like today's comedy. Once, once the internet hit, once it becomes self promotion, um, you know, everyone, you can film yourself, you can make TikTok clips and, and video shorts and all this stuff now, it's all like self promotion. People are on stage shouldn't even be on stage um audiences are audiences are paying to watch these people practice to Mm -hmm. to, you know they're trying to get better but it's under the guise of like you know we're following our dreams i'm clean and sober give me a chance and um, if the terry taylors were still around if these club owners and like who were the gatekeepers of quality um Mm -hmm. half of the comics you see and half of the local shows None of these people would be doing comedy for money uh, at all. And, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, because the gatekeepers are gone, the Terry Taylors and others, that now um, it's like you book your own room, you headline yourself, you know, you, you get two or three open micro friends to fill it up, and they're charged $15, $20 a ticket, selling these little 60, 70 seater bars out. And these people, bless their hearts, are sitting there. I've been invited to, hey, you want to go up in the show? And I'm like, sure. Okay, you're second. And there's like three more comics after me. And I'm bringing it. I've been back on stage now for a year, about four years since Brody died. And so I'm bringing my show. I'm like, got it, bang, B. And then it just pitters out. And the audience is sitting there like, like, who are these people? It's just, it's, it feels so bad for them because they, they see the Facebook flyers and they see uh, the promo and they see uh, the one liner TikTok videos and uh, they show up and it's literally somebody hasn't even been doing it a year. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you somebody just paid $20 to see them. And so anyway, that that because we don't have these the Terry Taylors today would say you suck, keep working on it. Oh, plus it you said to, I mean hang there to that bar afterwards, which after I became a detriment for me. I I couldn't hang out there. I just became angry. <laughs> Drums, but I had to stop going. I just went there to drink. I didn't go there to do comedy after a while, so I had to stop going. And I told Terry that. So I said, hey, Terry, I'm not coming here to have a problem with you. It's just, I got a problem. Keep drinking. I got to stop. Alcohol. It was like, like we'd all hang out there, and it was back and forth and just taking shots. So and all funny. All, yeah. all, but you all fun. Like It wasn't like a win. Some of that stuff was just funny as hell. But there were comics yeah, that would now. There's no way there are, 
There were underground, co- there were underground comics that only played the underground and would never play giggles. Yeah, and then there, were, there were a few comics that would only play giggles and not never play the underground. I barely I did the underground because they were both really good to me. So I loved doing both of them. Me too. Uh, yeah, but you can go to the underground and be a little freer. Uh, I think yeah. it was also from playing giggles. You know, you're bringing a bit of a more showy vibe than you were. Getting at the underground, you know, like a little yeah. Well, yeah. Like, you get you get compliments from Carl. Carl the doorman, great oh, show, great. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. You get off stage, sir. He's like, you said fuck. I don't do that for you. Did you hear this? Yes. We're laughing out every day. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that like it's all. Yeah, and nowadays it's almost all Carl. It's all positive. It's all, it's yeah. all affirmative. It's uh-huh. all, you know, there really is, um, y- you know, we've lost sort of the standards and the rules. Like there is no comedians don't really think not getting laughs is necessarily a sign that they're having a bad show. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, so you watch them go for 10, 15 minutes to a few chuckles. They get off stage. They post Facebook. Great show. Crush did that. I go, no, you didn't. You guys. Laughter yeah. is the main reason you're in front of people. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm glad you're clean and sober. I'm glad you're you're dealing <laughs> with your bipolar issues. I'm glad that you're on your journey. The key, key to comedy is making laughter. And they don't they don't consider it a bad show. They almost, well, I did what I did. I'm following my dream. And it's just uh, like, God true. damn, it's it's maddening to me. I'm sitting there yeah. like yeah. No, no, I'm watching comedy and you're not laughing. Well, and and you guys have you guys have made some great points because I'm 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 a big observer and these TikTok comedians, they've got about 3 minutes to capture the audience and you're right, they've got 1 minute of material, so after that minute they're pretty much done. Yet they keep getting booked, so th- they think they're doing well. And the other yeah, thing uh, is, is comedians aren't allowed to bust balls anymore. You, I, I can't say, yeah, hey, M, I, I can't say, Em, and you fucking suck because people get butt hurt yeah. about it, and yeah. you, you can't, you can't even do that. I, I'm in a scene right now where I feel like if I say anything, that everybody is just going to gang up on me and hate me, and uh-huh. and and I feel like. Yeah, Busting so like, balls is part of comedy, yeah, you know, and, and the competition of like, that's also sort of against the rules now in this day and age, but competition. So meaning you'd show up to an open mic, there's Dwayne, there's Inman, there's Brody, there's Josh Wolf, there's the Joey Diaz. Oh, I'm going to fuck these guys up tonight. Yeah. Like you have a new bit. Yeah. And yeah. You're going yeah. like, I hope I'm funnier than all these guys. And they're yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. They're like, uh-huh. oh, Tina's here. Watch this. I'm going to crush him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's that that competition that doesn't seem to be in the in the old biker world anymore. They're, they're not yeah. like trying to take each other out. And we really would. Like, oh, I got this new bit. Watch this. Yeah. yeah. You know, we didn't Dwayne, take it seriously. Yeah. No. Seriously. No. We still we like each it. other. Exactly. Well, but you, you, you take it, you take it seriously and you get better because, well, yeah, yeah. because everybody's pushing you. And it was uh-huh. also that thing too, where like you would at one point start playing with the comments, like the crowd sucks. You know, fuck you guys. I remember first time I saw Tana ever, I, cause I'd worked the improv when we had that in Seattle. And then when that mm-hmm. folded up, I couldn't work the other clubs. It wouldn't put me up yet. The giggle wouldn't put me up. 
underground wouldn't put me up. So I would go every week and sit there and do open mic and never get up. Just had this thing like, oh, you're an improv guy. So I had to kind of like show that I was serious. So I would sit there week after week. I watched Brody and Tana go up. I watched Jimmy go up. And I remember one night this crowd was just a tight ass crowd. And Tana went up there and goes, oh, these get, they're getting angry to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I watched him. It was one of the funniest, sad, like, yeah, you want some AIDS? Yeah, you want that? I'll give you that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you don't want to die for it, you should be getting it. It was just, uh, yeah. And yeah, no, con- yeah, yeah. Take those condoms off. What are you scared of? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to die for it. You don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, and then it was a thing where, it became a thing where uh, after open mic, we had a thing called walk the crowd where we'd say the most. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That became yeah. a show. Where some people would come up, they'd come late to open mic just to stay for walk yeah. the crowd. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Imagine doing that stuff now. I mean, it's and I yeah. as long as that really works certain muscles that now Absolutely. the young comics aren't allowed to work. We don't you know, still and like, walk the crowd. <laughs> get, get them out of it. How many shoes yeah. does it take? Uh, yeah, it was like I, I had this. Uh, I I had my own joke for walk the crowd, and uh, I used to do it every time they get walk the crowd, and I would start off, and it made it sound like it was an observational joke, you know, like guys, help me out. You know when you kill a girl because you're. Uh, <laughs> And uh, oh, and she's dead. It doesn't matter which way you turn her head. It always seems like she's looking away. <laughs> it's not in the real world. We I've met so many comics. That they they the things they say on stage they would never repeat on Twitter. You know. Yeah. And yeah. it's like oh yeah. my god. And it's that's Why, do you have any uh Dwayne? Can you remember any of your uh, walk the crowd bits? No, I remember. I remember thinking of like, wow, my walk the crowd stuff was like so. T- I think I, I would say, yeah, I felt like I was. At a, I felt like a youth pass that got a week pass, and there was one. Uh, I think it was Diaz or Craig. Watch what I say, y'all. Watch. Yeah, it was. Sorry, y'all. Oh yeah. Okay. I just watch you guys. Just like. But I was also fairly new too. And the underground was a completely different kind of scene. I'd never seen that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wild for me. I was like, whoa. Oh, remember that time? Uh, place, you know? I remember that time I got mad at Terry. I think it was a, like the tenth time I worked for him, and uh, I killed on stage. And I said the yeah. F word one time, and he gave me shit about it. And I, I snapped. Uh, all right, that's it. Uh, I came up with this idea. What I was going to do was I was going to go on stage at the underground with a bucket, right? I found this pink bucket and, uh, and I went on stage. I go, I tell him the whole story about how Terry Taylor wouldn't let you say the F word. And I go, okay, we're going to protest. And, uh, I want, I need everyone to donate their business <laughs> to help fight censorship. And so people, like I put the bucket on stage and, People would walk on stage. They peed in that bucket. I go, now I'm going to dump this bucket on Terry Taylor's head. Right. <laughs> and so I wanted everyone to spread the word like, oh, Inman's going to dump a bucket of piss on your head. And what I was going to do was I was going to put confetti in it. I was going to sneak in there 
and like chase him around and, and dump the confetti on him, you know, just as a joke. Uh, but <laughs> uh, Taylor ending. Yeah. But he already, <laughs> he already, <laughs> 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 he already figured it out. Like I showed oh, him. Oh, you yeah, yeah, he's like, you're gonna dump confetti on my head, aren't you? I'm like, oh, you like, you know, I'm just so I'm horrible with pranks, but the the setup to that whole prank was funnier, you know, because yeah. it was a pink bucket and people were pissing at it. But like, oh, we're gonna protest and we're gonna donate our pants. <laughs> like one fallout with Terry that I remember. I mean, we had a few, but there was one that I was with my wife. We're at the club. And it was like, you know, busy night. We're at the bar, kind of on the sidebar, talking to the comic. And Terry, of course, he's racing through there because no wait stop. Good my wife quit. And so he's racing through. And uh, he kind of bumped into my wife. And my oh. wife kind of goes over the bar part. It's like, oh, like that. like. And I, and I go, Jesus Christ, here, why don't you watch where you're going? And he looks like, what'd you say? He go, he's knocked into Kathy, for Christ's sakes. We're going to have some, watch where you're going. You're a little bit bigger than she is. So if you don't like me, get the hell out of here. Go, yeah, I will. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, no. And then I was, I didn't go back for like a month. I was like, I'm not going back. Fuck that guy. Uh-huh. And, uh, then Tracy would call. I was like, why don't you come out tonight? I go, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> my wife like that. You can't do that to my wife. So then one time my wife goes, you know, I appreciate that you're, you're sticking up for me. But, you know, I was, I know playing that pretty big, though. Like, <laughs> like cause my wife's funny. So she was like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was really hurt. She just kind of sat back like, what the hell? It's funny. I think she wanted was to leave Lucy? early. Oh, so, uh-huh. so she goes, uh, as much as I like having you home, you probably should go back there. Because he was like, <laughs> I think he turns me and tells the way to get this corporate gig if he wants it. Like, oh, oh, man. <laughs> so I had to go down there. I went down there. It was like a Friday night. And the place is line up. I'm like waiting in line. Like all this, you know, they don't walk. We normally would. I'll stand in line, go all the way to the front. Go, hey, Terry, I guess you got some gig or something. <laughs> yeah, come on in. I go, all right. And it was fine. I, and I go, yeah. Kathy told me that you really didn't bump into that hard. And he goes, yeah, I was wondering why you were so flipped up. <laughs> <laughs> he all knew he was joking. It's I go, funny. I've been drinking a couple of beers. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that was your uh, your Jada Pinkett moment for her. <laughs> my, <laughs> my wife's name. Please. <laughs> Get my wife, dude. Well, I had I had moments like that with him that I I remember that well. Like I remember like getting paid, like what? Like it was always maybe or some money thing yeah. or booked a gig and then backed out of it or something. Mm-hmm. And I, you wouldn't go around for a month or two, but I can't even really remember. Yeah, th- that. But I, there were everyone had those moments with Terry. Oh, oh, giggles for two months. You know, but yeah, going back. Exactly. Again, but it wouldn't matter. I you could set fire to that club, and we'd be like, yeah, you set fire to my club, yeah. but. You know, well, for some of us, as far as like, like pivotal characters, you know, in our journey as stand-ups and comedians, especially in the Northwest Seattle area of that time, the nineties, um, if you take out Terry Taylor, I, I don't know if I'd even be doing comedy right now. Like the, the, the Carl, Terry, you know, there's major characters that if you take them out, I can't even imagine being, being a comic. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like, have my wife, what? I would have my son. Like, my you wouldn't be looking at that. I mean, you wouldn't have, yes, isn't that amazing? I mean, I, I could do, I could get on stage every night of the week. 
uh, in Seattle. If I wasn't, if I was in town, I could go to Terry on Thursday and Sunday. I could go to the underground on Monday and Tuesday, and I could fill yep. up the other days, like Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, somewhere. I could always get on stage. And yeah. I, I was at, I was at giggles like every Thursday and Sunday when I was in town. Just yeah, so were we. Yeah. It was a place to hang out and, you know, uh, drink a beer yep. and, you know. Yeah. It was a great place. I mean, it really, I mean, it was invaluable for me. That's for sure. Same here. Like, because I'm a prop act, giggles is more conducive to what I do underground or anywhere else. Right. And yeah. Like, my stupid crap. That's the other thing. Uh, uh, like, Help me, like I do a thing where I need the lights off. Terry, like a line at the bar, and he'd run in and shut the lights off. Yeah, I would do. A yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, he was not. Um, uh, well, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, stuck up, or um, he he wasn't a comedy Small. purist. Yeah, no. he wasn't a yeah. comedy no, star. He put on a good show. You had him. Yeah, you know, it didn't, didn't matter. matter. It didn't yeah. matter. And he brought in. I mean, I remember doing a weekend with Robert Schimmel, you know, and I was like, no, oh my God. Uh, so you're with Never Schimmel on weekend. And I also remember doing a weekend with uh, Dustin Diamond. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And, he was, and I remember that guy going, do you guys have any jokes? That you, like, street juggle, what? Don't you have any jokes? Hey, more than I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like liner. Uh, I remember opening for the, when I opened for the Wayans Brothers, it was, I feel bad now because I, I think I made like a gay reference to his shirt or anything. But he had, he had at the time, you know, again, this is a, you know, latest 90s, mid 90s. Yeah. I, I think it was on Wayne, whichever one is the is the better looking of the two, mm, Sean uh, and Marlon. They, yeah. They Sean. And they were starting to do comedy uh, in Living Color, had just gone off the air, I think, and all that. And um, the shirt was see-through. It was totally sheer, like made out of like pantyhose material. But mm -hmm. the cuffs were solid. The cuffs were solid and the, and the collar was solid. Uh, Remember those shirts? Uh, Chris was see-through. Uh, he made a joke about it. No, he. I did because uh, he was getting ready, and I'm thinking, is this my? Is he gonna wear that, that shirt on time? <laughs> like, and um, and so I made some reference to it. I think, which is like not cool because I'm nobody. You know, I shouldn't have said shit, but it was like, um, stuff like that. Kind of, you know, because of giggles, because Terry would let you go up with these big names, mm. you kind of got a sense of like, do I want to do comedy? What if I end up wearing those shirts? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and you got to meet big names that were dickheads and big names that were totally cool and big names that weren't that funny and big names that were geniuses. And you're just like, okay, so you started to get a sense of what you wanted out of comedy because uh, you got to meet all these heads. That's one problem with today's comics, too. And, you had to drive to Olympia. People <laughs> under five years. Well, yeah, they don't meet many headliners. They don't deal with road season. Like yeah. our open mics, you would get bumped all the time at the underground because the headliners would be there and they'd come in to practice. But you got to watch them. You got uh -huh. to see Mitch Hedberg. You know, you got to see Arch Barker, Doug Stanhope, whoever's in town. Uh -huh. and even though you got bumped, you're allowed to watch. And so uh -huh. that's not... I see the advice on Facebook now where they don't don't sell yourself short, don't drive a hundred miles to make fifty bucks, know your worth. And um that's why you never see headliners at open mics. You never see it's rare to see working uh -huh. comics that have a solid hour that play the clubs, they don't come to open mics anymore because it's not the I thing know. to do. So yeah. the, the younger guys, they don't get those examples. They don't get to see people rock and crush. Yeah. 
uh-huh. and how good you're supposed to get. Um, yeah. So I think that's a big part of today's comedy too, is the, the examples. They don't have the same examples in the room. And, and Terry gave us so many people to watch super good people. And that really helped out. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. they always had advice too. Like, you, you know, some of it was good. Some of it was like, all right. Remember one <laughs> night, I, I wear suits all the time. So I was like, you know, I'm done. I'm just going suits. I'm not going to wear suits anymore. And I was in Calgary doing some shows for Yuck Yucks. And I remember I said, I'm going to buy some leather pants. That's my <laughs> I'm a leather <laughs> pant guy. And so I went in, I'm wearing these, they were the black butterscotch leather. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing like this, I'm wearing a blouse that maybe Sean Wayne's was wearing. Yeah, yeah it's going to be similar. Yeah. So it's very sheer black. And I go with my leather pants. I'm like, this is my new look. I debuted on a Friday night for my headlining weekend at Giggles. Uh, I walk in and Terry's like, what? Uh, what is happening here? Where's the suit? When I look, Terry's like, I need to stick with the suit. Go, you don't know what you're talking about, Terry. You wear Reebok still. I go on yeah. stage. I'm up there for like four minutes. Someone just one nice pants. Yeah, I'm rethinking these pants. That's <laughs> I walk on. I'm sweating for a different reason. I'm not nervous. Uh, these pants are just. Dwayne, Dwayne, how old are you? Now I'm 52. At the time, I was probably okay. 31. Okay, so I'm I I'm yeah. I'm 58. Like the same. Yeah. So 52. Yeah, we're we're hit. We're in the, not a. This is a bad idea. I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm 58, and the the first date I went on with my wife, I showed up in leather pants and a preppy sweater, and no uh, that was 1983. So I... <laughs> well, kind of a cool in the gang. Oh, yeah, I bought... Lionel Richie era vibe. Yeah, I bought them right down the, right down the row from Chess King. Uh, so, you know, at the, at the, oh, at Chess King. Yeah. I was going to say at the Squire shop. Yeah. No, th- uh, it, it wasn't Chess King. It, it was a, it was a independent place, but they were right down the, right down the row in the mall from Chess King. I bought these ones at the Gap in Calgary. I guess it must've been. There you go. There was, I don't know why, but I wore them and this girl would not let up on these pants. She's like, why did you wear those? I go, lady, I'm look, bitch. I, I still need pants. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so she kept on again. I go, what is your job? What are you a stylist? What is your job that's so important? You're going to mock me. I'm a dental hygienist. And I go, wow, you think your teeth would be straighter. Everybody. She starts crying and runs out of the room. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm still there. I go, hey, don't get mad at me. She puts the F in teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 40 minutes with these leather pants the crowd hates my guts this girl's not coming back i walk out and terry goes so you think maybe go back to the suit <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna run home real quick so i ran home because i live like so close i ran oh. home because i show had a suit and tie on i never wore those pants again oh man yeah, if you if you change your clothing, it can change your whole character. Absolutely, yes. yes. And I yeah. was okay, you know the fears that the funniest clothing, uh, just because uh, embarrassing clothing story, not even mine, but it's the funniest clothing story that I know of that I was like part of. Anyway, that's how important clothing is. Yeah. Oh man, wear something that do. Runway was so. Oh man. Yeah. 
Can I tell oh, you that's funny. my yeah. favorite thing I did with Terry? All right. So one day Terry goes, Louie, what are you doing tomorrow at like two? I'm like, nothing. So you all know Terry is blind in one eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. So he goes, I got to pass an eye test. So here's what I want you to do. You go take the eye test before me and memorize all the lines. I oh. memorize all the lines. Look at my happy day yeah. episode. He goes, you just memorize like two of them and then we'll come back tomorrow and we'll do the other two lines. So he's sitting there in the waiting room, a newspaper with a pad of paper and a marker. Are you kidding? Oh my God. I I go, I go and do it. I'm like, the guy goes, yeah, can you read line four? And I'm like, E, F, E, A, nine. He goes, no, that's the wrong line. I go, sorry, that's line one. (laughs) It was (laughs) The whole list. I'm gonna memorize the whole list. So we... it's called the right. <laughs> wow. 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 wow! Wow! That's oh, great. Cra- one of the best men. And, but, and then, um, and then you know what? He died in a car wreck. So thank you for putting him on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> I did not say that's what I was doing. No, said men. He shouldn't have been out there, but <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's tragic. I mean, it's, when I heard the name Susan, Susan uh, Jones texted, and I think Terry's in a, got an accident or whatever. And then like, you know, days later, she's like, I think Terry's gone. I go, wow, it's nuts. But uh, he wasn't that much older. No, he was. Really, uh, was he 58? Yeah. yeah. 68, 68. He was that old, that's for sure. Was that much older? No, he wasn't. That yeah, much he would have. He would have loved the fact that we got we got together to talk about him. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, when you got hold of me, I'm like for sure. I got like I said, like like Tracy said, people will go from giggles at a certain time, and they will say, "Oh, you're not." Terry used to say your name all the time. He used to say yeah. this, and I go, "God, it's so like, and such a huge compliment." When I didn't know that, you know, yeah. he's not getting anything out of it. He's not yeah. like, hey, Tana, you know, I'm buttering you up. Come to my club or something. Right. He's just yeah. saying this to say it. And then and then later on, people tell me. So it's like, it's very flattering because he was like, you know, he was like mean with his truth and criticism of comedy. Uh, and so you guys know that the same impact that he had on us, we had on him, which you, you don't even think yeah, about. Yeah. Especially during yeah. a time like this, you don't even think about it. And then you hear these stories that go, oh, he used to say that a few people now come out and go, Oh, he loved you, man. He would talk about you all the time, and you're one of the first because he always had that thing. Oh, he's the golden boy of giggle, giggles. That was always oh, he was the golden <laughs> boy. You know, I was the first golden boy. Then it was Rick Kunkler. Then it was Jeff Guy. And, uh, uh, remember, uh, Kyle Kyle Cease had a run. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Kyle. That's where Kyle, Kyle Cease was one of stars. He was one of Terry's. He was one of Terry's uh, kids for a while. Yeah. Terry's have you seen? Friend. Have you seen his, his he shit scary. now? He's, no, uh, he's no. making big money, but I think he lost his mind because he called me once and started talking all that self motivation stuff. And he called oh, me on no. Facebook and he was on the road. And I'm like, "Are you doing comedy anymore?" And he's like, "Oh, I need the motivational speaking." And I uh, was just talking nonstop. I thought he was on coke, and uh, so Whoa. I think he's. I think he's got. Um, uh, like bipolar or something, because. Oh. Uh, but he's well, it makes, it makes funny if uh, if he was rattling off and he wouldn't stop talking and he's like blah 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 jabbered and you go Kyle, cease. 
<laughs> yeah. Can't wait to yeah. say that to him one day. Yeah, he uh, he was pretty See. funny. Um, and, but then he's he he's smart, rightly so. He went from comedy yeah. to motivational speaking, and now he's got a book on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, really? And he's got yeah, he's got a book called The Illusion of Money, and uh, and of course it costs about ninety five on Amazon, but. Yeah. So that was so forward by Terry Taylor from Gibraltar. Yeah. He's on the New York's best. Oh, so that list doesn't mean anything yeah. anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when he was, him, I remember when him, I think it was Craig Gass and Yoshi were roommates. Oh, really? Um, For a while, yeah. I remember um, Yoshi was there for a while. When I, I'd go oh, see him no, in LA. I was in the Valley. Yeah. I know Yoshi's busy. He's like a world traveler. Uh-huh, yeah. To, you know. He's, he goes back and forth between like Dubai and Germany or something. That's another yeah. one. That, uh, that's another guy that Terry loved too. He always said, yeah. "Hey Dwayne, do your Yoshi." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We would all do. They all gamble at night. I just do impressions of comics. Just do your Yoshi. And it was like, yeah, here's my person of Yoshi on the Bachelor, and it was. Uh, yeah. Do you accept this? Will you accept this rose? Yes, Yoshi, I will. Good enough. Stick up your pussy. I'm the thing ever, but it made us laugh all the time. Uh, <laughs> the well, I actually it. have. I actually have comedy. Oh, good. By like 7.45. No, it's just I host I host an open mic every Wednesday at the Cedar Inn and Lacey. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, it's the shine. It's built for artists. You guys got to come. You get- yeah, for sure, it's a okay. blast. Yeah. No, this yeah. is, it's like, um, we really, uh, push the envelope of like expression and, uh-huh. you know, so I host it every week. So I'm always like setting it up, like, you know, tell your truth and be real. Everything's accepted tonight. You know, like, damn, it like, <laughs> just because it's disruption comedy night at uh, least. Yes. And, and nobody will say that you suck. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, are you, uh, uh, are you in Phoenix? Phoenix, Arizona, or where no, are you at? No, I mean, Olympia, Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we've been talking. We've been talking for two hours, so I feel bad yeah, for Scott. Great. No, no, this is this was great. Yeah, this this is. Uh, I'm really glad you you thought of this because I wouldn't have missed it. You know, it's important. Yeah. Um, it's Dwayne Goode's idea. Well, that, yeah. So kind of. I mean, I don't know. Not really. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, you know, it's like he's a major. A major, major character in Northwest comedy, and um, had a had giggles at that time. Um, you know, it was before the internet, especially. Uh, was uh, there was only a few places. Fortune. Harry's responsible yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So he, he was responsible for getting us better, meeting celebrities, like you know. Um, well, I remember it was what, and for a while, I lived above the club for a while. I had a booker that yeah, like made a 30 minute video and Terry recorded. Let me like go up on a weekend and do 30 minutes and recorded it for me. And then it too. Oh, wow. Two shows or mm-hmm. he's got a yeah. crazy archive of all those tapes if he still has them. Oh, God. Yeah. He recorded everything. No, he liked, he loved comedy. Yeah, he did. Uh, it was yeah. funny when he would go up and do time. Uh, so yeah. I would go up and try to do. Uh, it was like, really bad. We didn't say the word. About like vacuuming his Christmas tree, and I'm like, "What is July? Is that too late?" 
Oh, yeah. He, yeah. yeah. So funny. Yeah, he would go up. He would go up. It was funny. <laughs> I got to go. That's great. Uh, all right, guys. Well, yeah. So, gonna, hey, uh, thank, thank you. Thanks for doing this. Um, this will come out like in a podcast, and I'll also, I'll also share the video with you so you guys can send it off to family and friends and do whatever oh, you want. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to beat my N-word joke? <laughs> it, it depends. I, I'll take a look at no, the edit. Funny. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you need the word. Yeah. Inman, we'll have an exchange back and forth on like, I have this new thing about how sometimes we don't have words that are bad enough. Like there's a woman that drowned her three, this is a few years ago. She, she meets a man, she falls in love, not the father of her three young children. So she drowns her like, like two-year-old, one-year-old, you know, three kids in a van, drives them into a lake, drowns them live, comes out, makes up some story that she was robbed. She gets busted. In. And so what's, what's the word? Cunt? It's not enough. That's a word. No. Like there's some, sometimes, sometimes we think that we have all the words that are the worst words. I go, no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> to call those most talk of the n-word it's not enough it's not enough yeah for what well, they did so anyways is that, is that, no, that's, that's a new problem. no no I'm, I'm actually thinking like as as wordsmiths people think that we have the yeah the words that oh I go, no no we actually need to create more curses yeah you know, like, like no like, i know take it up a level times, you know, yeah yeah yeah. You could be called a black rose or something. It was yeah. That's going to be even a new tan of it, I can tell. <laughs> well, I want, I want Inman to, you know, that's very, it's a very Inman idea. <laughs> He's worth it. That's the best Inman impression. All right, guys. This is great. Let's end it. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate right. it. Yeah. Thank you. See you. Okay. See you, Dwayne. Right. See you, Tana. All right.